Hello, and welcome back to Why Did Peter Sink? This is part eight of Me Speak Babel, The Gate of God, and our topic for today is Ghostbusters. Clearly, the construction project of the Tower of Babel went sideways, as in biggest disaster possible. When the people tried to put God on a leash, instead, they unleashed demonic powers. Uh, think about that next time before you try to make a deal with God. You may be in for a surprise. An, an ancient salesperson could have sold t-shirts that read, I built the Tower of Babel and all I got was this lousy demonic power. Now, the devil doesn't hide the fact that the nations are ruled by him and his demons. That's in the desert when Jesus talks to him in the third temptation. So given that the scattering event happens at Babel, um, and we come to learn through various books of the Bible that the nations are currently ruled by demons at the time of Christ, we can factor this all together. When Jesus goes out to the desert, here's the direct conversation of what the third temptation looks like, this time from Luke. Then the devil took Jesus up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a single instant. The devil said to him, I shall give to you all this power and their glory. For it has been handed over to me, and I may give it to whomever I wish. All this will be yours if you worship me. And Jesus said to him in reply, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him alone shall you serve. That's Luke chapter 4. The story of unintended consequences of performing transactional rituals of sacrifice may, may sound familiar to some, but it seems fewer and fewer people know the stories of Genesis these days. Uh, for a modern retelling with some elements of the Tower of Babel, surely you've seen Ghostbusters from the year 1984, where rooftop worship goes bad. The plot climax hinges around a gateway on an apartment tower rooftop from which demons are summoned. So remember, Babel means gate to God. Uh, we use the terminology of Tower of Babel. Um, the apartment is a tower, and they're using some kind of gateway in the movie Ghostbusters, and they're summoning demons. Sounds familiar, um, except in the Tower of Babel, the builders were at least pretending they were trying to leash the one true God. So they thought. Um, and put simply, that's why you don't muck around with demon worship. Um, in Ghostbusters, Ray says... Um, the whole building is a huge superconductive antenna that was designed and built expressly for the purpose of pulling in and concentrating spiritual turbulence. Your girlfriend, Pete, lives in the corner penthouse of Spook Central. Okay, well, that's probably enough about Ghostbusters, but um, because that era marked the beginning of the end of belief in spirits for Americans, maybe the world. Um, surely the cute and cuddly cartoon Slimer didn't help either, because just like Casper the Friendly Ghost, we stopped fearing spirits altogether. And then we just forgot about them entirely, except for as entertainment, except for we're drawn to horror movies and all kinds of weird uh, other things, um, not to mention Harry Potter and uh, many, many other things. So it's still, manif it's still manifesting out in other ways. But uh, Richard Dawkins must have loved this, all this Casper the Friendly ghosting going on and slimering of spirits. Uh, and Carl Sagan probably would have been pleased too, since he wrote a book called The Demon Haunted World, 
and he sought to show us that our culture was um it was just off the rails i guess um, he sought to rid our culture of such nonsense as spirits of all flavors friendly slimy or otherwise um, surely if we all just stopped believing in demons the utopia would arrive much faster through education you know it's always the christians holding us back saith the venerable sagan we need to just give up our belief in the spiritual world saith esteemed dawkins they sound <laughs> they sound much like screw tape giving instructions to wormwood in the the uh the screw tape letters so here's one of his quotes uh, from screw tape our policy for the moment is to conceal ourselves I do not think you will have much difficulty in keeping the patient in the dark. The fact that, quote, devils are predominantly comic figures in the modern imagination will help you. If any faint suspicion of your existence begins to arise in his mind, suggest to him a picture of something in red tights and persuade him that since he cannot believe in that, it is an old textbook method of confusing them, he therefore cannot believe in you either. Of course, Screwtape is giving advice to Wormwood, they're both demons, um, of how to get this guy's soul. And the trick of pretending that devils aren't real is the, the great trick of our time. Um, so before I go too far afield with Ghostbusters and Carl Sagan as two more screws in the coffin of our beliefs and spirits, I need to reel it back to Babel and Jesus in the desert. Um, it's really important to understand that the overarching story of the Bible is about the comeback of the one true God, the Most High God, or God Most High, however you like it. Um, God is returning to restore his creation, which is this world and ourselves, and at least those open to his grace. Spirits are like us in that they can choose to follow or reject God, so their fates will be similar, or so the Catechism tells me so. It is because of our falls that we invited the demons in. In other words, the demons are real. And all of those structures around the world to pagan gods, those gates, did what Ghostbusters was talking about. <laughs> the real shock can come when you realize that God, who controls all things, allowed it to happen. And why would he do that? He loves us, right? God is love. Right? Right? Um, God's will is being done. So if we are allowed to choose, he knew beforehand what would happen. But the people and spirits that rejected God did not. And free will is hard. But it's much easier if you adhere to this line, which is a slight modification on one in the Lord's Prayer. Um, Thy will be done, not mine. And another way of saying that is, thy will, not mine, be done. I think the key to living in this fallen world is that line. So we can ask questions all day long why things are not the way that makes sense to us. But when we ask, we must remember that we are not God. His ways are not our ways. So you can complain about it or conform your will to God's will, which may mean taking action. This is why the serenity prayer is so great. Um, some people see this as defeatist, but it is anything but. The way of the cross is the path to true freedom. To suffer and endure is to follow Christ, who defeated death for us. I've heard it explained this way. God is playing seven billion chessboards at once. 
And we are somewhere among those boards. We're just one of them. And just as Joseph went into Egypt as a slave, that hardship led to the saving of his people and ultimately the nation of Israel, who Moses led out of Egypt. Likewise, the numerous hardships of the people in the desert led to the promised land, and so on and on and on. Mary could not have given birth to Christ without all the prelude, with all its tears and glory. So like an individual soul, a nation can conform to God's will and be humble, or a nation can reject God and try to go it alone. Abraham was born into that fallen world, as were we, but now God is restoring his world and his creation to how it is supposed to be, how he intended it to be. And in the meantime, we live in nations ruled by demons, as Jesus says. And yes, that's what I said. Every nation is ruled by demons. So when we say one nation under God, this creates an interesting dilemma. Many of us want to think of America as under God, but is that what Jesus said? It is under God, under the most high God, but there's also this demon influencing it somehow. Whatever the case, it makes sense to pray. We'll wade into these waters of angels and demons a bit here, but not all the way because the most important thing in the spiritual battle is to do the one thing that helps, and that is to pray. If you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, you get as a bonus package um, all that comes with him, and Jesus believes in angels and demons very much. Um, he spoke of guardian angels that never take their eyes off God and are always ready to hear our prayers. So Jesus said, See that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I say to you that their angels in heaven always look upon the face of my heavenly Father. So for anyone that struggles with angels but calls themselves a Christian, you have to go and look at things like Matthew chapter 18, verse 10, because Jesus very clearly believes in angels. Uh, the Jewish tradition believed in angels who stayed with God and the demons who rejected him, and these beings have a large role to play, larger than we can comprehend, and one appears at Jericho before the battle. Um, this be, may be... Uh, one of the most truly badass moments in the Old Testament, if you like badassery, as most Americans seem to like. Uh, one of the current best-selling books on self-worship, um, I'm sorry, how uh, self-help, not self-worship, but actually, no, I do mean self-worship. It's titled, You Are a Badass. So um, we do like badass things. So people would like Joshua chapter 5. Joshua and the army are camped near Jericho, having just celebrated Passover. And drums of war can be heard in these pages. When suddenly this happens, um, while Joshua, Joshua was near Jericho, he raised his eyes and saw one who stood facing him, drawn sword in hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, Are you one of us or one of our enemies? He replied, Neither. I am the commander of the army of the Lord. Now I have come. And then Joshua fell down to the ground in worship. <laughs> so this commanding angel of the army of God flat out says, no, when Joshua asks him which side he's on. I don't think Schwarzenegger or Stallone could really play this role. Um, and there's a lot of questions. Is this an angel? Is this God himself? Uh, the entire Bible has angel footprints all over it, though. 
And so what are they? Uh, we don't really get a hint in Genesis about when they were created, but the Jewish tradition and the church fathers seem to think it's somewhere between let there be light and the creation of Adam. So you have to go to non-biblical sources to get a little more on some of that, but there is footprints of the angels all over in the Bible. All right, that's it for this week or this episode. Um, I'll be back with more on this same subject as we go along through this Tower of Babel story. Thanks for listening.